Speaking of travel is brought to you by the Asheville Regional Airport, your local connection to the world. And when you fly home, you're home. Plan your next trip at flyavl.com. Appalachian Realty, helping people call Asheville home since 1979. Visit them at appalachianrealty.com. Prestige Subaru, outfitting Western North Carolina for adventure with the 2019 Crosstrek. Find out how to make it yours at PrestigeSubaru.com. Chimney Rock at Chimney Rock State Park. Experience the best of the mountains in one place. Begin your trip at ChimneyRockPark.com. And Leapfrog Tours, offering tours and transportation so you can enjoy the beauty, adventure, and culture of Western North Carolina. Find out more at LeapfrogTours.com. Welcome to Speaking of Travel with Marilyn Ball. Sit back and be carried away to places around the world and right here in our own backyard. No passport required. Hi, this is Marilyn Ball, and you're listening to Speaking of Travel right here on 570 WWNC. Now, you be sure to visit the Speaking of Travel website. That's speakingoftravel.net. And sign up for the Speaking of Travel Travel Club. You'll receive the latest in travel news and travel tips and some really cool upcoming vacation destination opportunities. That's speakingoftravel.net. And remember, you can always listen to this episode of Speaking of Travel or any past episode with a simple click on the Speaking of Travel website on the iHeartRadio app, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, you can listen anywhere, anytime in the whole wide world. Well, I think we can all agree that there is a definite shift in the way people are thinking about life and careers these days and being open to new possibilities to live the best and happiest they can. But, you know, living your best really means taking risks and eliminating negativity and really doing the things that make you happy. And as my guest today says, every minute you spend wishing you did something is a minute you spend not doing it. Well, my guest is Chris DeCroce. He's an Amazon best-selling author, a speaker, and a sailor. And after six years of cruising the East Coast and Western Caribbean, he, his wife, Melody, and their dog, Jet, spent two years traveling through Guatemala and Mexico. And I am so excited because, Chris, I'm sure you might know that I love sailing, and sailing is a big part of my background. So I am so excited to have you on the show today. Oh, man, it's great to be here. I'm so glad to be here. So glad you asked. So thanks for the invite. And Chris, you're so much more than a best-selling author, a speaker, and a sailor. Tell us a little about your your background and who you are. Oh, well, I grew up in Philly, but most of my, uh, once I got to about my early 20s, 23, I moved to Nashville. Uh, I'm, most of my life, my adult life is spent in the music business I always tell people my trail of crumbs leads through the music business. Um, drummer for, you know, did the whole drummer thing for a long time. And then um, I ended up becoming a songwriter because, you know, uh, as a sideman in Nashville, you you work with an artist for a long time and then their plans change. They, they start families and then the sidemen are usually looking for other gigs. So I figured out that the stability, and that's funny now that I think after 20 years in the music business, I use the word stability, but 
um, comes as a songwriter, you know, and so I started to do that. And, um, and one thing led to another and I signed a publishing deal and then I released my first record. And then of course the ball starts rolling downhill. You start to, um, you know, tour and I released a second and then a third record. So, um, up until about 2002, three, I was pretty active touring and, and then, uh, I, I needed a big break. So, um, in 2006, I traveled to Belize on a uh, just a small vacation that I had no idea was going to change my life because I met a guy named Walter who was sailing around the world on his sailboat. And I thought, man, what a really cool idea. So when I got back to Nashville, a friend told me about a sailing club. And um, I went out there and started to hang around and get on every single boat I could. So the sailing took hold and then as I started to wind down my touring and music stuff, just because I needed a break, I started ramping up the sailing. And in 2012, my wife and I sold the house and everything we owned pretty much, except for a couple of great guitars. And uh, we hit the road for what was supposed to be a one year experiment. And here we are all these years later. And I just kind of, um, the writing the book thing just, happened naturally because I just needed to do something creative. I keeping guitars on the boat is a really perilous situation there wood. And I'm not really a fan. I, I do like the carbon fibers, but they just sound differently. So, um, I naturally gravitated to just messing around with writing longer form. And that's when 2014, I released, you got to go to know, which was my first book. And then after that, it just kind of was, the light bulb went off and it was kind of fun and I just wanted to explore that further. So here we are, twenty nineteen and, and look where look look what all the crazy route has led us to. <clears throat> I love that. It's it's so classic too because it's what I was talking about in the in the uh intro that, you know, sometimes your best life means taking risks and not knowing what you know what tack to take, if you will. And exactly. also the irony that in my introduction to you, you know, best selling author, a speaker and a sailor and the music was kind of not there until you started talking about it. So you are a musician and that's always been a big part of it. But the other hats that you're wearing now are kind of identifying you in a way, do you think? Yeah, I mean, um, you know, we all go through transitions, I think. And I struggled for a long time when I wasn't doing music because that's how I always identified myself as a musician. And I thought when we were sailing, I thought, oh, man, you know, my life's going to be different and I'm going to lose that part that I struggled like my whole entire life to, to create your identity. You know, you create your sound, you create your style. And then to walk away from it, I was pretty lost. Um I started, uh, you know, dealing with anxiety and stuff like that because it was just like, well, who am I now? I was a musician forever and I still am a musician, but the writing in a different form just happened by accident because I needed to, you know, I needed to grasp onto something and it was a complete accident. I wrote, you got to go to know, um, just while sitting in the library trying to get out of my wife's hair because she was on a big project launch. And so I would just go to the library every morning, grab a cup of coffee and, sit there and work from eight till five. And, um, 
after about a month, she said, what are you doing? I said, oh, I just wrote this thing. I think I'm going to, you know, mess mess around with publishing Amazon, see how that all works. And, and uh, I had no, I, I told her, if we sell 50 copies, I'll be happy. And uh, at the end of the first month, we sold over 700 and it was a bestseller for a couple months. So, I mean... I still identify myself as a musician. It's really crazy because my wife kind of chuckles and she's like, honey, you know, that you are a musician, but you've written three or three books now. And, you know, you that that's a whole nother facet that you need to kind of include. So I don't really know what the hell I am, to be honest with you, Marilyn. I'm just I'm just a guy trying I'm a squirrel trying to get a nut, as we say. <laughs> I totally understand. And I appreciate it because so many people are really trying to um you know, find that nut and and get to know who they are and really get through all the noise of, you know, of the day and find something that they're passionate about. And it sounds like when you were sitting in the library, as you're writing, you got to go to know you were writing about what you were living, right? Yeah. And I mean, at the end of the day, it's ultimately about connection, right? I mean, we all, whether we're traveling, um, whether we're traveling on foot or traveling by sailboat or traveling in a van or by bicycle, whatever you do, however you do it, I think it's all about connection. You want to connect with the culture, you connect with the new place, you connect with the whatever it happens to be at that time. And when I was writing, I just really wanted to connect because when you play live all the time, that's the connection. You get on stage and you know immediately whether you've done a good job. And every night you get this immediate feedback. And so the, doing any kind of any kind of creative intellectual work these days, I think it's about connection. And I think even if you're not doing intellectual work, like what you do with your audiences and stuff, you're connecting and you're giving them a different insight to how they can perceive things that they may not think about because we're so inundated with the things we need to do. We should, we have to pay off our bills. We pay our debts. We pay our mortgage. We got to buy, 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 buy. And we're losing these little tiny imaginative part of our soul that used to just kind of sit around with crayons and magic markers and, and kind of draw this dreamscape. So, I mean, when I was in the library, I really wasn't doing anything than trying to figure out, just get out what I was trying to, what I wanted, just what I had inside. I was just trying to scribble it all down. And then once you get it out and you figure out what to do with it, and then once you figure out what to do with it, then you figure out how to, how it's going to connect. And when you see that it does connect, then that's just a, that's that immediate feedback that I was talking about. It's not immediate, but you certainly start to get emails and stuff. And then you go, wow, there are people out there that resonates with this. And, um, so let's take it another step further and let's do this and let's do that. And let's, and you know, when I do these speaking gigs, it's kind of cool because I get that immediate feedback. I, it's like being on stage. So that's really cool for me now that that kind of has been added to the mix. Well, we are so glad that you have a mix. And when we come back, let's talk more about that. And your and I want to hear a little bit about your wife. So this is Marilyn Ball. You're listening to Speaking of Travel.
If you're looking for a home in Asheville and Western North Carolina, Appalachian Realty Associates is a refreshing alternative to the big box franchise companies, and they'll help you find properties as unique as you are. Appalachian Realty, a guiding force in the Asheville real estate market since 1979. Visit them at AppalachianRealty.com or at their welcoming bungalow office on Arlington Street near downtown Asheville. Leave ordinary behind with a visit to Chimney Rock at Chimney Rock State Park. Surround yourself with breathtaking views of Lake Lure and the Hickory Nut Gorge while enjoying six hiking trails, rock climbing with Fox Mountain Guide instructors, and Animal Discovery Den, unique events, and more. Whether you're new to hiking or a seasoned pro, there's something for everyone at The Rock. To plan your next Chimney Rock adventure, visit ChimneyRockPark.com to see an online trail map and a listing of the park's upcoming events. With 50 flights every day to and from cities like Atlanta, Charlotte, and Chicago, you can fly to hundreds of worldwide destinations with one easy connection. Choose Allegiant, American, Delta, Elite, or United right here from Asheville Regional Airport. And when you fly home, you're home. Asheville Regional Airport. Take the easy way out. Hi, I'm Ann Smith with LeapFrog Tours. Whether you're a local or visiting Western North Carolina for the first time, LeapFrog Tours offers fun opportunities to explore the area from beer to art and everything in between. We offer tours with set itineraries, custom excursions, and transportation services all over the area. We can help you explore, enjoy, and experience the beauty and culture of Western North Carolina. Learn more at leapfrogtours.com. Green is good. Local food, less oil. Renewable energy, sustainable peace. Tree hugger. Say no to GMOs. Be kind to animals. Don't eat them. Go solar. Coexist. Don't buy a dog. Rescue one. Keep Asheville weird. We just read the bumper stickers on the back of a Subaru. Welcome to Subiville. Prestige Subaru. On the web at PrestigeSubaru.com. Fly me to the moon. Let me play among the stars And let me see what spring is like on Jupiter and Mars In other words... Welcome back to Speaking of Travel. I'm your host, Marilyn Ball, and we are kind of cruising along here today with my guest, Chris DeCroce, who is... a well, I'm going to say it, Chris, you're a musician and a best-selling author and a speaker and a sailor. And hearing your your evolution into uh, finding your passion, what you love, is is really very inspiring. I think there are so many of us who are dreaming of all of these things that you talk about and wondering how in the world do we set foot doing that. And let's talk a little bit more about that. Um, you talked about Melody and that you decided in 2012 to sell everything you own. Talk a little bit about how that even unfolded, that conversation. <laughs> well, it's an awesome part of this. When I do these speaking gigs, it's a, it's a wonderful part of the night because originally she was not uh, to use a terrible pun on board with moving on to a sailboat. Um, I had been working in, uh, you know, the, I had 
when I stopped touring, I'd taken a gig at a film company for a little while. And the, in 2008, we had this crash. And so the, the contract that I was working on kept going smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller until it was the writing was on the wall that we were just going to eventually be going out of business or something was going to happen drastic. So in 2011 or six, when I came back from Belize, that started that whole thing. And then in 2011, we started having to talk about moving to another town just, just to sort of shake it up and to do something different. And I was on one of these excursions that we were running around looking at locations that Melody and I spent a night on my buddy's boat. He was docked in North Carolina and that's when it all kind of clicked. And I said, so what about, what about if we move on a sailboat for a year? And she had a great job. She had a paid for car and a closet for her shoes, just for her shoes. <clears throat> so she wasn't about to part with any of her, you know, like Stuart Schweitzman's, I think I remember is one of the brands. But anyway, so we had several conversations about what this might look like. And after a couple of weeks, literally over dinner one night, she said, I don't really know why I'm so afraid. Um, we had talked about splitting up because, I mean, we had talked everything. It was an emotional time. And then she said, I don't want to break up. And I also don't want to miss something spectacular like this experiment of a year of living on a boat because I was afraid. So let's try it. Let's do it. But, um, we, we, we were totally full of fear and confusion. We had no idea what it looked like. So we just, you know, we kind of just jumped in and said, Hey, as long as we're together on this, then it'll be okay. It'll work out. And if it's catastrophic, we can always go back and rent an apartment and find other jobs. I mean, at the end of the day, if everyone is safe, what is the big, we like, we don't have kids. First of all, let me say that I don't have, we don't have children to worry about. We don't have college funds and we don't. So people think, Oh, you're just reckless. You know, you just kind of went at this recklessly. And we didn't, we, we wouldn't have certainly approached it this way. Had we had kids in high school or, you know what I mean? Anything like that. But since we didn't, have that responsibility. We talked and talked and just were on the same page with the fear factor and then said, look, what's the worst that can happen? We're out of debt. We sell everything. It's just a couch. And what we ended up doing was really donating all of our stuff. Not all of it, but we sold a lot, but we ended up donating a lot of the kitchen stuff and the expensive blenders and stuff to needy families and like single moms. And we took a truckload of stuff to the veterans. Um, and, and then that, that was when the moment clicked. It was like, wow, this is really cool. Now we turned it into a game. We said, man, it's just a couch. It's just a bed. It's just an end table. We can always buy this crap again. Do we really want to let a couch stand in the way of what could really be a pretty awesome year? And the answer was no. And every time we had these discussions, we just kept saying, well, would we trade this end table for what's coming? And the answer was no. And we always kept saying to each other, look, as long as we're together, um, we stick together, we're good. And then the time went on, all of the stuff was on. And mm-hmm. where, how did the sailboat uh, come into play? Well, we had a 27 footer when we started this whole thing. And then when the, when we, when Mel said, Hey, I'll do this for a year, she said, we're going to need a bigger boat. So we sold the house in March of 2012. We closed on the sale on the purchase of our Cal 35 in April. 
and it was in Panama City. And I was driving from Nashville as we were getting all of our stuff and <clears throat> X's and O's. I was driving from Nashville to, to Florida every weekend with loads of stuff and tools. And as Mel was holding down the Ford at home, I was running back and forth prepping the boat. And then our first year was such a disaster. Um, you know, we and everything on the boat broke. Every penny we had saved for our was supposed to be a year-long emergency fund was pretty much gone in six months. Mel's mother died unexpectedly within the first three, four months we were out. So at the end of the year, when we were talking about giving up, you know, we said, you know, we'd do it for a year. When the year came, our year anniversary came, both of us said, look, the first year was such a disaster. We're not going out like this. We're going to we're going to go one more year. And. Here we are. And how um, many years has it been now? Well, we're it was six full years on the boat. And in 2017, we got to Guatemala um, with every intention to go to Panama. And then Jet, our dog, who you'll probably hear scraping around here because he has a knack for knowing when he gets a name cue. But he uh, started to go blind in the jungles of Guatemala and my dad's health turned for the worse, so we decided to talk about coming back to the States. Originally, just to sail back. Mel was going to fly back with Jet, and I was going to sail back. And somehow, um, it transitioned into selling the boat. And we sold the boat in Guatemala, and we had no idea how to get back, not to mention there wasn't a back to come back to. So we land traveled north. We just figured if we go north, we'll take a few weeks, and we'll just... Um, make a plan. And then a few weeks turned into two years. We spent six months in Antigua, Guatemala. We spent a month in Shela, and then we ended up in Mexico. We spent 10 months in Oaxaca and we just figured out, we kind of connect the dots that we lived so simply that it allowed us to work from virtually anywhere in the world because we didn't, we didn't have a bunch of stuff to be attached to and a stuff to maintain. As long as we had Wi-Fi, we could make a living. So we said, why go back? We just traveled back as frequently as we could to see family because it was pretty inexpensive. So we've been 2012 Memorial Day. This year was um, seven years. Wow. You've, <laughs> you really just changed your whole life and everything that you were we're doing before uh, is now coming from a place of uh, it sounds like wonderment to me. <laughs> well, I joke and I say, um, uh, you know, I, when I do these speaking talks, I, when I do these talks, I say um, at the end of this, you know, we completely transformed our existence. We have, and it was a total accident, just like my book, you got to go to know it was a total accident. And that's become my mantra now. Like whenever we have a big, life decision or or something we're pondering a big change we always instead of overthinking it we always just say hey you got to go to know you want to dye your hair you're not going to know you can speculate what that's going to change but until you dye your hair you're not going to know so just do it and you can always dye it back you want to go back to school you want to start your own business speculation you can speculate all day long but you're never going to know the outcome until you do it and if it doesn't work you go back well, in retrospect, now you can say, which is, I think, another great uh, quote from you, that every minute you spend wishing you did something is a minute you spend not doing it. So when we come back, I want to talk about Jet 
and the boat mm-hmm. and all of all of these wonderful places where you've traveled. I'm here. Uh, I'm just I'm a little um, moved here, Chris. You really are moving me because I'm ready to move. And you're talking my language. This is Marilyn Ball. We'll be back. Explore one of Western North Carolina's most iconic places at Chimney Rock State Park. Six hiking trails and animal discovery den. Rock climbing with instructors from Fox Mountain Guides, guided hikes, and more. Plan your adventure at ChimneyRockPark.com. Whether you're looking for a downtown Asheville loft, an arts and crafts bungalow in a walkable community, or a small farm to create your own artistic legacy, Appalachian Realty Associates will help you find properties as unique as you are. Visit them at AppalachianRealty.com or at their welcoming bungalow office on Arlington Street near downtown. Appalachian Realty, helping people call Asheville home since 1979. Hi, I'm Ann Smith with Leapfrog Tours. We love showcasing Western North Carolina, where there's a little something for everyone. You can sip your way through the extensive craft beer scene, see elk in their natural habitat, learn about the benefits of hemp and CBD at a sustainable farm, go on a history lesson along the French Broad River, and those are just a few examples of our fun tours. Learn more about our tour and transportation services at leapfrogtours.com. This is Tina Kinsey with Asheville Regional Airport, and I have a travel tip for you today. In the era of smartphones, we sometimes forget the value of paper and pen. Sometimes, after a long day of travel, you may find that your phone battery has died. What if you discover this just as you pop into your Uber to make your way to your hotel? Was all of your hotel information stored in your mobile device? It's a good idea to create a cheat sheet of key information that you can tuck into your wallet before a trip. Things to consider for this important document. Perhaps the hotel name and address and phone number, your confirmation number. How about your airline and flight information? And don't forget emergency contact numbers. Who remembers phone numbers anymore? Be a savvy traveler, and your trips will be smooth and easy. This has been Tina Kinsey with Asheville Regional Airport. Take the easy way out. Every story has its beginning, a starting point from which it wanders the long and winding road, weaving its way toward the final word. It is on this road where the greatest moments often lie, where memories are made, lessons are learned, and where experiences can be valued forever. Each story is a journey, blind to what lies ahead and conditioned by the road behind. While the destination may or may not be known, each journey is unique, unfolding in the moment and defined by those at the wheel. Regardless of where your journey takes you, it remains yours to create. Embrace the journey. Find your ride at PrestigeSubaru.com. Fly me to the moon. Let me play among the stars. And let me see what spring is like on Jupiter and Mars. In other words, welcome back to Speaking of Travel. It's time to catch up with uh, the host of our segment here called The Gourmet Highway with Doc Lawrence. And Doc's over in Nashville. And what a coincidence, my guest today, Chris, lived in Nashville. And from what I hear, things are really jumping over there on Music Row. And the dining scene is getting the attention of legendary chefs. Hey, Doc. 
So catch us up on all the new and exciting things going on over there in Nashville. Marilyn, this is old Doc's quiz for the day. Where in America can you find great music, wonderful hotels, fine restaurants, history, and honky-tonks, literally side by side? Nashville, of course. And Maryland, there's only one music city, and I'm here standing in front of the majestic Ryman Auditorium, the mother church of country music. Of course, it's much more than that now, as Nashville is. Nashville not only gave America country music, but rock and roll as well. Bob Dylan, among many others, would be the first to tell you that his and others' transformation really took place because of the experience of being here with local musicians long ago. His collaboration with Johnny Cash shook the music here out of its old staleness. It synthesized these art forms into something even more enjoyable, and it's never going to go away. But Nashville is much more now, and it's more than music. This is a great art center. The Frist Center, with its world-class collection of art, is the equal of anything in the United States. There's something new regularly, and it's spellbinding. Plus, it saved the gorgeous old Art Deco post office from destruction. The Nashville Symphony has an international audience. The ballet here is heralded throughout the world. And you'll find the most beautiful hotel this side of the Breakers in Palm Beach to be the Hermitage, just right around the corner from the Ryman, by the way. Maryland's six presidents have stayed in this beautiful place, including President Kennedy and his lovely wife, Jacqueline. There's a war going on right here, much like the same one that's happening in many other cities. In Nashville, though, hardly a day goes by where you don't find developers trying to replace landmarks with new office buildings, condos, and risky restaurants. The locals are fighting back, and my good friend, the Music Row veteran Reggie Churchwell is instrumental in leading this fight. Reggie told me this morning at breakfast, a great country breakfast, by the way, that preservation so far has won. But the struggle continues, and it's not going to go away. We have to say a prayer that RCA Music Studio A and these other landmarks are here for future generations. It's as a part of America as the Statue of Liberty is. Maryland. I'm loaded with nostalgia here. This is a romantic city, but it's also part of my DNA. My late brother graduated from Vanderbilt right here in Nashville, this wonderful institution. So did the legendary Frank Spence, who helped mold the Atlanta Braves and the Atlanta Falcons into part of our national pastimes. My dear sister, with her husband, Judge Harris, lives down the road in Franklin, Tennessee. Nashville is booming. It's a very cool place. It's very attractive. Many people are moving here. Can it accommodate heritage with replacement? I don't know. We'll have to wait and see, according to Reggie and many others. Well, Marilyn, I've got plans to dine tonight at the Hermitage, and I'm going to have a couple of Jack Daniels before dinner, and then I'm going to go out with friends and see if we can find John Prine, who lives here now, playing a guitar somewhere and singing one of his hallowed songs in a local honky-tonk. So, Marilyn, this is Doc Lawrence for you. And speaking of travel, 
on the Gourmet Highway in Music City, USA, saying so long for now, and I hope to see you soon in your hometown. Thanks, Doc. Talk to you next week. Safe travels. Remember, you can follow Doc's journey on the Gourmet Highway by visiting thegourmethighway.com. Well, I'm here talking to Dee Croce. Did I say that right, Chris? You sure did. I am so glad. I want to make sure that um, that I am saying your name right. And what a coincidence that our pal Doc Lawrence is over in Nashville. How long did you actually live in Nashville? I lived in Nashville for almost 25 years. So and you- um, Doc, Doc is probably, I was just back there um, about six months ago, and it is absolutely blown up. That town is almost unrecognizable to me. Well, he tells us about some of these amazing restaurants that are popping up there and all the, uh, it just sounds like it's a big, a lot of changes going on in Nashville. And a lot of changes have been going on for you and, and your wife and your dog, Jet. Tell us about Jet. He's, he was with you from the very beginning, right? Yeah, he's a, he's a 12-year-old rescued Dutch shepherd. Um, he has been to seven countries by sailboat. He uh, is the most adaptable dog I've ever had. It doesn't matter if we're planes, trains, or automobiles, or boats. He just kind of figures out where his little spot is. He figures out very quickly what the mode of the day is, and then he just settles in and just chills out. He never, ever barks, and it's almost like, I I mean, he's like... uh, I don't know. We call him our ambassador because whenever we get off the dock, he's the first one that greets our dock mates. Or whenever we drive somewhere and gets out of the car, he's got these brindle tiger stripes and he's incredibly uh, unique. So people immediately want to know about him. So it's a great conversation starter because, uh, you know, all you got to do is let Jed out of the car. Or he jumps off the deck and people are like, oh, my God, what is that? So <laughs> I think uh, uh, he's. Go ahead. Sorry. Well, I was going to say, I think you should uh, write a book about Jet. Uh, everybody says that, and I, I need to process it. Yeah, I, I, I think, uh, I think there will be something like that coming. But it's, it's, he's an amazing dude, and he's, you know, he's twelve now, and he's starting to go. He's pretty much blind, and he's starting to, to lose his hearing. So uh, he's become, you know, when he was a young cowboy, he was running around. He was, you know full of bravado and now he's kind of like a little old man that's like laying on my feet and uh he just likes his belly rubs and just likes to be fed breakfast and dinner on time and other than that he's super chill (laughs) well he sounds like the perfect companion for the two of you to be doing all of this um traveling he sounds easygoing and let me give me a little bit of an idea about um how easygoing it be, it's become for you. Do you do you and and your wife feel that your life now is a little bit easier going than than it was before when you were making all these shifts? Yeah, I, well, I mean, easier. It's it's kind of weird because uh, the shifts. You know, I think we're better at change. I think that's all that's really happened. Our life changes so drastically. I mean, when we got back in January, 
we were planning on renting an apartment. That was the plan. Jet's 12 years old. We're not going to travel with him anymore. It's been a tough year. So we're going to get an apartment. We're going to settle down. We'll get him some grass. And then we'll just go back to work and really kind of figure out what the next plan is. And uh, we have a couple of years to figure that out. We'll be close to dad, et cetera, et cetera. And by the end of February, we pro- bought another boat because we were so scared of buying a couch uh, and getting settled back into a life that, you know, took us so long to get out of that we, we ended up buying another boat. We lost my dad in April. And so now here we are sitting on a boat where we said we weren't going to, and we're not going to travel, but, uh, extensively with jet, like by boat, we may do it by car or something, but our, I, I just, our life never stops changing. It never does. So I don't know that I would use the word easier. I just think we both now we wake up and we say, okay, well, the plan has changed. So what else is new? So let's not freak out about it. And we've figured out that anytime we've had these major shifts and drastic quote unquote upheavals, whatever you want to call it, we've come through fine. So we're going to come through fine. It's just, we're still struggling to keep the wheels rolling. And as far as you know, it's, it's a crazy world intellectually to try to make a living that way. So the, the thing for us is just our motto now is keep it small, but keep it moving. So whatever we're doing, keep it manageable, but keep it going. And and I just think we've gotten really great at change. You are people after my own heart. This is Marilyn Ball. We'll be right back. Explore one of Western North Carolina's most iconic places at Chimney Rock State Park. Six hiking trails and animal discovery den. Rock climbing with instructors from Fox Mountain Guides, guided hikes, and more. Plan your adventure at ChimneyRockPark.com. If you're looking for a home in Asheville and Western North Carolina, Appalachian Realty Associates is a refreshing alternative to the big box franchise companies, and they'll help you find properties as unique as you are. Appalachian Realty, a guiding force in the Asheville real estate market since 1979. Visit them at AppalachianRealty.com or at their welcoming bungalow office on Arlington Street near downtown Asheville. Your business trip shouldn't start with a road trip. Hundreds of global destinations are just one connection away, starting at Asheville Regional Airport. Fly Allegiant, American, Delta, Elite, and United. Asheville Regional Airport, your local connection to the world. Visit flyavl.com to plan your next trip. Hi, I'm Ann Smith with LeapFrog Tours. Whether you're a local or visiting Western North Carolina for the first time, LeapFrog Tours offers fun opportunities to explore the area from beer to art and everything in between. We offer tours with set itineraries, custom excursions, and transportation services all over the area. We can help you explore, enjoy, and experience the beauty and culture of Western North Carolina. Learn more at LeapFrogTours.com. Green is good. Local food, less oil. Renewable energy, sustainable peace. Tree hugger. Say no to GMOs. Be kind to animals. Don't eat them. Go solar. Coexist. Don't buy a dog. Rescue one. Keep Asheville weird. We just read the bumper stickers on the back of a Subaru. 
Welcome to Subiville. Prestige Subaru. On the web at PrestigeSubaru.com. Fly me to the moon. Let me play among the stars. And let me see what spring is like on Jupiter and Mars. In other words... Welcome back to Speaking of Travel. I'm your host, Marilyn Ball. Okay, so imagine what your life could look like if you've downsized your home, you're living your dream, you've changed your relationship with stuff, you're surrounded with like-minded people, and you wake up every day and you're just like, oh my God, I'm doing, I'm doing it. Well, that's exactly what my guest today, uh, Christy Crochet, is... Uh, an Amazon best-selling author, a speaker, a sailor, a musician, um, a traveling kind of guy, but also a, right now you're you're settled in there, right, Chris? Is that we are we are locked in for at least the summer. Mm-hmm. We um we're sitting in Maryland at a killer little marina called Spring Cove Marina in Solomon's, Maryland, and um, we are just making hay, trying to get busy and. Um, make the next plan. So we're just doing a lot of work. We're writing books and we're, you know, speaking of your downsizing stuff, we're doing a bunch of that. We're we're doing some talks and getting people fired up. I love it. And you've actually, a couple of your books are about downsizing, downsizing for a life afloat and downsizing for tiny life. Tell us a little bit about how those books came to be. And also, <laughs> I want to be sure, Chris, that we have information on how we can find your books and get more information and you know, and follow what's going on there. Well, the the way you can keep up with us and find out all this stuff is at mondovasilondo.com. Our boat, our old boat uh, was Vasilondo, and there's a quote from Steinbeck, John Steinbeck, who uh, coined that phrase for me. And uh, it basically means, uh, you know, you have a destination, but you don't really care when you get there. So um, mondovasilondo.com, M-O-N-D-O-V-A. C-I-L-A-N-D-O is where you can find out all the information. Uh, the books are there, the links to the books. And the tiny house, the um, Downsizing for a Life Afloat and Downsizing for Tiny Life, those are online courses that are actually um, designed for people that want to um, do this process of either moving into a tiny house or moving into a sailboat. So they're both of them, the tiny, tiny house, Downsizing for Tiny Life, is basically uh, the same material, but without all the sailboat-specific stuff. So both of those courses are available at mondovasilondo.com. A lot of emails from people asking me how we downsized and telling me they wish they could do it, but they just don't see how they could possibly do it. They have a 3,000-square-foot house and a garage full of stuff. And so instead of trying to type out all this stuff over and over and over, I just created this course resources and lists. And I said, here, this is how you can do it. It's a four week course, 20 modules. And if you do it the way I have it lined out, I guarantee you that you'll get rid of your stuff. This is awesome. I'm not kidding. I can't tell you how many people I've talked to just over the last week with this conversation. It's a phenomenon, Chris. It's something that I think is, um, is becoming even a global movement of uh, on some level, I mean, I know people who are actually upsizing, but really the downsizing is the way to go. Nobody wants to leave all this stuff. And I love the fact well, that you gave a lot of it away. 
Well, when you connect, like once this happens, I mean, it's a mind shift. Downsizing, I tell people, is not about getting rid of your stuff. It's about changing your, your, your thoughts. It's about changing the way you see your stuff. Because once you get rid, I had three crockpots, Marilyn. Who needs three crockpots? When you open the cabinets below your sink, I, was, I had two blenders and three crockpots. And when you size that up, and I know I'm being... Um, you know, it's hyperbole here, but it's like, do you really want a crock pot to stand between you and the rest of your life? I mean, come on. It's like, it's just, a, it's, but people, we've been taught, you grow up, you buy the house, picket fence, two-car garage. Do you know 80% of American or 25% of Americans can't fit a car, a single car in their two-car garage because we have it full of so much stuff. And for us, when we realize that we, when when our downsizing the effect of our downsizing was the fact that we were living in these amazing places, drinking coffee with these wonderful people, learning, eat, learning Spanish, the culture, all this stuff. And it happened for one reason, because we didn't have a bunch of stuff at home that we had to take care of. I didn't have to worry about cutting the grass, cleaning the pool, the roof, the hot water heater, any of that stuff. It was we had when we got to Oaxaca in 2018, right before we came home. We had our life reduced down to seven bags of luggage. And it was a, it was a moment. I, we stood there and started laughing, and we were like, if people saw us right now, every time we went to another city, we just kept giving stuff away. It's like, why are we carrying this? Why are we carrying this? If we need this again, we can get it. We can always find one somewhere. So why are we carrying this around? And we love nice things. We just don't have a lot of nice things. I have great clothes. I have a Mac. I just don't have two of them. And I don't have a lot of clothes. So it's not that we want to live like gypsies under a bridge. My mom teases my wife all the time. She's like, if you want to get off the boat, come home and stay with us, you know? And I don't know, the perception of us is like we're running around with uh, loincloths and a couple of rucksacks, but it's not true. It's just, um, it's an amazing way. When you, once you, once you get rid out from under the thinking about how your stuff uh, connects to your worth or whatever your value. Once you dissever that connection, you will open up an entirely new facet of your entire life on with all of that energy you saved from worrying about taking care of your stuff. Well, I love that you've created these online courses so that uh, we could actually go through the process, like you said, over a course of time with these different modules and being able to uh, because really the the first step is taking the first step, right? Exactly. And and the first step is super easy. It's all about junk. Like if you have a house, how many of us have houses with candles that are burned to the bottom and remotes in a drawer that we have no idea what the remote goes to? Like just chuck it out, chuck it out, throw it out. And it's little tiny victories like that. Like, and then you get to the harder stuff where you got to get rid of your really like you my wife, she's got 50 pairs of shoes. And I'll tell you something about that real quick. When we came to move on to the boat, I, we, we said, hey, I said, honey, why don't you just bring like 15 of your favorite pairs of shoes? Like we'll put them in Tupperware and we'll keep them. We have the space. Bring your favorites. And she was like, awesome. So she brought her shoes. And every night that we got dressed up to go out to dinner, she put on her favorite, super gorgeous. And she made it about six steps to the companion way. And she'd look up and say, honey, do you care if I wear my flip-flops? So those shoes lasted about one year, and she ended up giving those shoes to her girlfriends. So 
even her precious shoe uh, collection, she realized was just a mental thing. Well, there's a woman after my own heart. I can tell you that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, the women go nuts in the crowd. They always say, what happened to the shoes? I know. I was going to say, but I thought, what a cliche. (laughs) I'll wait for him to say it. Well, Chris, give me some idea. I want to be able to... um, to bring kind of to the to the forefront uh, what you would uh, say to somebody who is ready, uh, maybe, you know, listening to a lot of blogs of people who are living a life that's carefree and, and simple and they wish that they could live like that. What would you say for them to, to kind of move forward? Well, um if you're listening, you're watching or listening to podcasts and watching YouTube and stuff. You already know the result, right? You already see the end. You people are sitting on boats and they're in the lovely place, or they're in you know lovely places. So I would say start small. I would say, you know, steal an hour on a Sunday morning for yourself with no one else involved in that to do something, and then whether you go for a walk or you paint or you go do photography or whatever it looks like for you, that dream life, you know, whatever that looks like, start small, do it for an hour and then do it for a half a day and then do it for a weekend and then just carve out this block of time and give yourself little victories. Because when we try to, you know, you get people that buy a boat, first time sailors, they say, we're going to sail around the world and they go out and they go out for a week and they get their butts kicked and they figure out how overwhelming it is and they quit. So don't think about sailing around the world. Think about sailing to the end of the bay and then think about like little blocks and little victories that reaffirm that you're on the right path and then know that stuff is going to go wrong and it's just going to test your will as to how much you want that. So, and people around you are going to be threatened. They're going to call you crazy when they see you giving away your stuff. They're going to say, are you dying? And you you can answer them with one simple answer and say, no, I'm just beginning to start living because I've been doing it wrong. So start small and go for it. And you can always go back. You can always go back. You can always buy a crock pot. (laughs) You can always buy a crock pot. Chris, I can't thank you enough for being on the show today. um, Tell us again how we can get in touch with you and, and reach out to you. Um, most of the most current stuff is, um, you know, of course we're on Facebook and, uh, com. There's com, which is basically the site for music. Uh, there's a lot of music downloads there. The com is the travel blog, which has a lot of the sailing and the, do- and the downsizing, uh, for a life afloat course and all that kind of stuff. And you can email me there. And I love to hear from people, um, you know, all of the information is over there. And uh, I'm, I'm so excited that you asked me to be a part of this, Marilyn. It was great talking to you. Well, it was great talking to you. I look forward to seeing you, meeting you, hearing you play some music, and definitely sitting on your boat. So <laughs> <laughs> Come up and have a drink. You High too, five. <laughs> Thank you. All right. Well, this is Marilyn Ball. I want you to go out and have a great week. Take some small steps. Take a little hike. Take a little walk. Uh, you know, go down to the uh, to the to the river and listen, just listen to what the river is saying and the sounds of the water. You know, we all have to uh, make our dreams come true because remember, life is short. Don't postpone joy. Joy.